Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Congress won't come back to work. The Senate is on their way back. The scientists say wear masks. 30 days ago, they said don't wear masks. Some people are putting more confidence now in masks than they are in the Lord. Preachers are content to be home on the sideline. I don't understand that one. I'm amazed at the number of them who are just, they're enjoying the adjustment. Praise God, man. We just got to stay safe. Where is your fire? Where is your rage? People are giving up their constitutional rights. The government is reaching in. Uh, and I believe there, there's overreach going on. And all of these things are taking place in our world today. Trying to figure out how do we get, get out of this? How do we open up? What if, if we open up and there's a spike? Which more than likely there will be because people are communicating and, and interacting. Well, if it spikes, what do we do? And we're already hearing people say, say it may come back in the fall and it may be worse in the fall. So we may need to shut down again. Well, now if we shut down in the fall and we're, and we're shut down in the spring, after a while there won't be anything left to shut down. Welcome to the program. My name is Brian Thomas. So great to be with you once again this week. Being joined by my co-host, Dr. Bruce Logan, who I will pull in shortly as this week we're going to wrap up our discussion on do you trust God or the government as we are looking at the effects and the fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic over the past three years. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you that your eternal state is far more important than your current state. If you have never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I urge you to come to him today, because if not, you will spend eternity in a lake of fire separated from almighty God. And so for you, the worst is yet to come. But for those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. So if life has not played out the way you had hoped for or dreamed of, I want you to know. Keep trusting in Jesus Christ because the best is yet to come. So once again, folks, we are continuing our look at the fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. And I want to welcome in my co-host, Dr. Bruce Logan. Always good to be alongside you, Doc. And what are your thoughts on that opening clip from Bishop Patrick Wooden, the pastor of the Upper Room Church of God in Christ, who we've been listening to him and Neil Oliver for the past several weeks on this topic as he is just laying out so many of the things talking about masks and preachers and, and just all the things that have really been eye-opening over the past three years. Well, first of all, I'm uh, grateful to be back again with the audience and be back with you uh, and uh, to respond again to Bishop Wooden uh, was speaking on. Um, to be honest with you, he was hitting the nail so flat on the head that, you know, basically it spoke for itself. Um, but just to add a little bit more context to it, um, as we talked about previously on, on this particular topic and, and, and on this particular issue, that I'm a firm believer that 
this COVID-19 pandemic, what happened beginning in March of 2020, up until we can still see remnants of it happening now, has been the greatest scam on the human race probably since the fall in the Garden of Eden. And that may sound like uh, a, a broad statement, but the fact of the matter that it was, I call it that because it was a scam that impacted the entire globe from north to south to east to, to, from east to west. It, it impacted virtually almost every country, every nation. And, and what was more alarming was the fact that world leaders around the world were, uh, as, as well as corporation and corporate leaders and corporate execs, were all on board, 100% in alignment with this shutdown, lockdown narrative. Mm -hmm. And just look at America just for an example. And, and just think about these numbers, that over 30 million jobs were lost, many of which will never come back again. Over 10 million businesses were closed, uh, many of which will never reopen again. And on top of that, you think about the narrative that the current administration is pushing. I, I, I heard recently, and I, I'm going to uh, cut off because I can I can talk on this subject forever. But I just heard recently um, a, a report just on a, a news media report, and, and which also reminds me that the news media on this particular topic has been arguably the worst. Uh, it's just the worst entity that there has been in the world because we no longer have an actual news media. What we have now is news activists, which is a major difference between uh, an, an actual news uh, news media. But that being said, they have been 100% on board to the point where they're continuing the narrative even though the data and the math doesn't match the narrative. And here's just a quick example, and I'm going to get off the subject because it's one of my pet peeves, but here's one of the narratives that they are pushing out that I just, I believe I heard a narrative that, uh, that we're talking about the current government administration that we added, it said we added 10 million jobs. And, and I heard another news media said, just praising it, saying it was the greatest uh, in a, in a, you know, within the period, I can't remember the period that they were uh, uh, measuring, but they said this has been the greatest increase in jobs, you know, and then I, I had a lot of my friends, personal friends, just advocating, do you see what this administration is doing, adding jobs? And I just have one question for those who, you know, are aligned with that particular narrative. If you lose, and let's just do the math here, if you lose 30 million jobs, and then you add 10 million, how many net jobs have you gained? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's simple math, right? Simple math. How many net jobs have you gained? And how many people actually critically think enough to really examine or, or cognitively reason, you know, what they're hearing in the media to that extent? Mm hmm and so basically, in a long, and I'm going to close my remarks out on that particular topic by saying that what we're dealing with is something much more nefarious than, uh, you know, what we're, what the, what the normal narrative is. There's something satanic and demonic about what's happening. And we'll talk about that more as we go on in this.
conversation. Didn't mean to take up that much time, but that's like one of that, this COVID nineteen response and and the the um, the the climate change narrative are two of my pet issues that I just it just rubs me the wrong way in a major way. Yeah, and one of the things I've spoken of so much over the past few years is that. As you said, it definitely is a spiritual component to it because you see the irrational behavior from so many people. And as you heard Bishop Wooden speaking of the confidence in mask, that's one of the things that on the one hand, I, I, I laugh at it. I chuckle. But then on the other hand, it's sad because I look at it and I say people cannot see what's going on. Now, I will admit this when when things first came out and some of the professionals we're encouraging people to put on a mask. I, I said, OK, well, you know, they're the experts. I'm going to trust in what they're saying is accurate. But then it didn't take long, though, for me to start realizing that, well, depending on which side of the aisle it was politically, you heard a different message. And I listened to medical professionals who were Christians, who were born again believers in Christ. And I heard one explain that, well, when you're wearing a mask and it comes to this type of respiratory virus, it's like sand going through a chain link fence you know a chain yes, link I fence is, is not yeah. you know, going to catch all the sand and so the majority of the sand will make it through and another thing that really brought it home for me during that same time they were having all those wildfires out in california and i have a friend of mine that was living there at the time and and we know of course california was one of the the most restrictive states as far as with the lockdowns and all the mandates and she says she was out with a friend they were wearing the mask and she said one day they thought to themselves, um, why is it that we can smell smoke if these masks work? And so it, it, the light went off in the head to say, well, if it's not filtering out smoke that we can see, how is it filtering out this <laughs> virus that we can't Amen. even see? And so Amen. things like that started going off in people's minds and people started to realize, OK, there's more to it than this. And then, of course, when you saw the political figures, like Gavin Newsom, who he's out at dinner with a large crowd without a mask on, but yet he's telling everybody else you have to wear a mask. People start. And so for me, it didn't take long for me to start to realize, OK, there is something else going on here. As you say, some nefarious things happening. But if we fast forward, Doc, three years later, and the sad thing is, I know people that even today are still they're just clenched to that mask. They won't let it go, even though the CDC has even said it's no longer recommended or required. There are people that still will not let the mask go. And, and it's just it's sad that people have uh, really fallen to this and they can't see. And as you said, there is a, a spiritual component to that. So with that said, I want to now listen to. So, a, can I, let me let me just add. I want to add one more point to that, if uh -huh. you don't mind, real quick. And, and that is that, that when think about this mask issue. All right. And I've been asking this question from day one. Because I can't count the number of times where I've been, you know, lambasted in public because I didn't have a mask on. And the, the same question would always come to mind. If masks work, okay, and I just want the audience to just, to, 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 to just track me on this. If masks work, if I don't have a mask on and you do, if they work, then why are you threatened by me not having a mask on? Mm -hmm. If masks work, if you're going to shut down restaurants, and if I go into a restaurant and I have to wear a mask, whether I can pull my mask down to eat a drink, and then got to pull it back up again when I'm done eating and drinking, right? <laughs> just, just, just critically think through me. I'm just asking the members of the audience to just 
examine just because maybe you are in that in that uh in that grouping you know or in that mindset where you just were compliant not really giving it much thought and but but just critically think with me that if masks work and i've even had people that would post on facebook that they received a vaccine with a mask on right and i actually commented a few times if you got the vaccine, why are you still wearing a mask? <laughs> exactly. They won't let that mask so go. Just, they won't let it go. So it's, it's amazing. I, I, I've, I've seen people driving in their car with like nobody else in the car with a mask on. Right. Yep. I've seen people like mowing their lawn with like nobody else in sight with a mask on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just the, the way that that have taken hold on many of our citizens' minds. It was just really, really unbelievable, and, it, and it's an illustration of how just of just how manipulative we are as human beings, right? Right. And how vulnerable and how susceptible we are to suggestion, um, especially if we're not critical thinkers. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned the vaccines because that's what I want to talk about next. That's the next layer to this thing. How much people put confidence and trust in it. So here is a a clip from a documentary in which. Anthony Fauci and Mayor Bowser of Washington, D.C., they were going through the city trying to get people who were in what they call the vaccine hesitancy sectors of the community, trying to get them to take the shots. And so here is a clip of one resident's reaction to what they were saying. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to create vaccination. Well, it it used to take years. Okay, it used to. You know how how many years were invested in this this approach? About 20 years of science to get us to be able to do it. 20 years is not enough. And nine months is definitely not enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only reason I'm talking to you right now, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it allow thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? And, uh, not like, not it's like much the more flu. serious than the flu. Though. Well, the flu kills a lot of people. Yeah. Too. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know, how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. Well, you, well, that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that's, that's once again, that's you all's number. You gonna pass. Yeah, definitely. Because right. when, when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Something yeah. else, something it, else going I, on. It is that. something going yeah. on. With something it. else. You're right. But I'm glad millions of people like me and most everybody here didn't get an incentive. You know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that, I, well, I won't keep okay, doing it's anymore. It's okay because my, 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 my incentive, y'all, campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. And Doc, you know, that that resident, he's he's doing exactly what <laughs> yeah. you were talking about, critical thinking. Exactly. And, and I love what he's saying because that is what they did. They played on so many people's fear. And again, folks, as we've said in previous weeks, we're not saying that this virus is not real. 
we we believe that it's real, but there are people who have motives to use it to their advantage. Um, and as we've even talked about, we won't go into it again this week, but you know, there are many who think it was done intentionally for a specific plan. Um, but we see that, that there's this lack of critical thinking. And as Bishop Wooden said in the opening clip, preachers out there, pastors who were just content with closing church and just going along with, with this whole agenda uh, is, is just really mind blowing. Yeah. Let, let me, I just have a couple comments. First of all, on a gentleman um, that, that spoke uh, and re- addressed the comments that the, that was made to him about how many people are Anthony Fauci, which first of all, he just made numbers up out of thin air, mm-hmm. but right on the spot. But, but in terms of, uh, him t- talking about like zero people died from the flu. Okay. Which that was, that was like a false statement in and of itself. Right. But if you notice the choice of language and, and, and I want the audience to just track with me again, as I've been saying, right? you, you, when you hear, you have to critically think and ask questions to what you're hearing. And they, Anthony Fauci said that he, he, get, he listed off a number of the number of people that died from COVID. And from the very beginning, that number has been radically distorted mm-hmm. because, and listen to me, um, I have, I'm saying to the audience that there is a difference between dying with COVID and dying from COVID. Right. Dying from COVID just simply means you are 100% healthy, no pre-existing conditions. You attract COVID two or three days later, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Right. But then there are people who were in car accidents and an autopsy showed that they had COVID. They were listed as COVID deaths. Um, I've heard cases where individual was uh, died of third, uh, stage three stomach cancer and, but they were tested positive for COVID. They called it a COVID death. I actually personally know somebody who died of uh, a rare case of lung cancer, but contracted COVID and they call that a COVID death. Mm-hmm. And it's it just, I mean, their the examples are numerous. And then I believe it was in 2000, September of last year or September of 2022. So that, yeah, that would have been last year where the CDC actually quietly admitted that they had been counting the numbers and distorting the numbers to that extent, but the media never really picked up on it. So they admitted how they were calculating the numbers um, uh, uh, was distorted in the way that they were adding or conc- including people who died from COVID and died with COVID as in the same in the same category. And then, even at the height of the pandemic, and and I think we've talked about this in a program previously, if memory serves me correctly. But at the height of the pandemic, only ninety, only it was like ninety-seven. What was nine? No, ninety-nine point seven percent. 99.7% of people who uh, uh, contracted COVID died right. uh, mm-hmm. from COVID. And, and, they, and they, they were actually able to put it in a, in a uh, category because there was people over 70 with pre-existing conditions such as uh, obesity, people who had diabetes, people who had you know, uh, other, other pre-existing conditions that COVID virus exasperated people who had lung already had pre-existing lung issues like asthma and so forth. Um, these were the people who were dying from COVID. 
And, and, and but those numbers were constantly being distorted and misrepresented. And then the question we have to ask if you're a critical thinker is why were they knowingly distorting and misrepresenting the numbers to such an extent? Exactly. Because as you said, Anthony Fauci, what was the number he said? 30,000 deaths from the flu from the previous year? And yeah, something to that, that, to so, that effect. Which remember, remember, he said since then, how did it go from 30,000 to zero? Right. Yeah. And that's the point that I'm making. That makes no logical sense whatsoever. No, right. who is going exactly. to believe that, that you go from 30,000 and then the next year to virtually zero? That makes absolutely no sense. And so they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes, folks. And that's why we have to to speak on these matters. We want to to wake people up, to discern the times. And when I think about the mask again, I, I know I'm harping on it, but I know people who are vaccinated, boosted, and wear a mask all the time. As you said, going out to to take out the trash, driving in the car alone, wearing masks. I personally never wear a mask. Over the past three years, the only time I've worn a mask was if I was in a facility that required it, such as exactly. a, a doctor's office or when I had to attend a funeral at a church that required it. But the number of right. times I've, I've worn a mask or, or I, could, I could count on two hands uh, over the past couple of years, over the past three years. But here's the thing, though, and I talked to some of these people about this and I said, if, if what you're doing is working, why is it that you are getting sick with, with common colds at the same rate of frequency that I am? And I said that that should tell you right there, the mask are not doing anything because you're getting sick just as much as I am from, from the flu or head colds, whatever it may be. But again, there are people who are not thinking critically, as you said, and, and, and we just yeah. want to, to wake up people to, to open their eyes. And, and just one last thing I want to say on the mask is, a friend of my wife's who is a nurse, she's worked in the profession for, for decades. And she mentioned that prior to COVID, she said they never wore masks in the hospitals other than when it was a surgery. And that was only so that you were to protect hair follicles and, and spittle, things like that from falling into a patient that is, is cut open. Um, but she said in terms of transmission of diseases, they never wore masks. So why is it that all of a sudden when COVID comes along, now everybody has to put a mask on? Folks, it's a, it's a psychological thing that they're doing, and you should be asking the question of why. Why is uh, this happening? So, Doc, you have any more thoughts on that? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we, 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 what we're trying to do is create some discerners and critical thinkers, especially among the brethren. And I, I want to just say it's understandable to me because uh, if it's somebody who's unsafe, who's a carnal minded um, to to fall into the trap of the enemy, because the Bible says that a carnal minded man cannot understand spiritual things. Right. However, what's disturbing and which Bishop Wooden really pointed out when he talked about pastors closing their churches and not really giving it a second thought. What is disturbing to me is how believers can be on the same non-discerning level as an unbeliever. That is the problem that I think that we have, uh, because because when the church is deceived, then the world has no chance. So, exactly. and I believe that that's the uh, you know one of the messages that I, our hope will come out of these series of episodes is that that we, we, we need to generate and we need to create some believers 
who are discerners. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to use the term Bereans, you know, who have searched the scriptures daily and applied it like the social uh, construct into the, the, the media narrative that we would apply the same principle that we apply when it comes to rightly dividing scripture, that we would search the data to see whether or not those things are so in the same way that the Bereans searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. And then with, finally, I just want to say that we need to be able as believers to come to, to, to um, view the narrative of the world's media or, or the issues coming from the world, view how we interpret these issues through the lens, as you always point out at the beginning of each of these episodes, that we, we uh, view what's happening in the world, view world events, view the culture through the lens of the Bible. And that's the key right there. Exactly. In the final couple of minutes, I want to get one last clip in. This is GBN uh, news anchor Neil Oliver. He's speaking on banks on the verge of collapsing. And while we're on the subject of money and banks, why not pause to notice something else that's glaringly obvious, which is to say that the currency of the, of the West are teetering on the abyss and that one bank after another is revealed to those who are bothering to watch as being as close to bankruptcy as it's possible to be without actually falling over the edge. All right, folks. So we're going to wrap it up here for, for this week. We're going to put a bow on this series, but I want to share that because as you just said, doc, we are trying to get people to view life through the window of the Bible and things that are happening right now. So many things that we've covered over the past several weeks the Bible speaks of these matters. And as you said, we expect the world to respond a certain way. As, as uh, commentator and pastor Abe Hamilton says, the world is going to world. We expect that. But the church, that is so troubling when we see the church responding in the way that it has. Uh, and we want to open people's eyes to see. Jesus said when the disciples asked him what would be the signs of his coming in the end of the age, the first thing out of his mouth is he said, do not be deceived. Because there will be great deception coming in the last days and so many are being deceived today. And we want to open people's eyes to not be deceived, to see what is coming. And Jesus said, look up and watch for your redemption draws near when you see all these things begin to happen. So, Doc, we're going to wrap it for this week, but always good to talk with you and look forward to having you back again next week as we continue to discern the times by viewing life through the window of the Bible. Yes, sir. God bless. All right. And likewise to our listening audience, again, please come back and join us. Do not allow those to box you in a corner. If you feel the same way we do on these issues to say, you, oh, well, you're just a conspiracy theorist, because for those of us who have been labeled conspiracy theorists over the past three years, you see these things are truly playing out as we have spoken of. So rest in the assurance of our almighty Lord. So once again, please come back and join us next week as we continue to discern the times by viewing life through the window of the Bible. Until then, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless God's great nation of Israel and to the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God. 
Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.